Hello and welcome back to another episode of Be Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. I'm your host, Angie Huser. It's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. It is good to have you here, and if you're a first-timer, welcome. Um, I'm Angie, and I am coming at you um, in a personal journey of my own um, as an above-knee amputee, and an elected one, too, by the way. And I am going to just going to hit the ground running this week so that I can keep it within my time frame, because if you know me, I could speak for hours. I have absolutely no problem talking. So here we go, being authentic as as real as possible. I wanted to talk about healing. And I did label this podcast Healing from the Inside Out, part one, because I do believe that what I would like to talk about could take more than just one episode. And I think it's a, it's invaluable to understand what that really actually means and what it looks like, especially for those of you that are amputees and um, or anybody that's just hurting. But I'm really going to kind of speak towards what I know, and that is my my pains and my surgeries that I went through for five years, and then the fact that I had to elect to amputate my leg back in 2018. And I'm just kind of, I just want to, some stuff happened this past week. And as you know, for me, um, I usually try to speak from the heart. I don't do a lot of the editing and stuff because this is me. You get me, the real me. And I usually speak to something that's happened or someone I've met over the past seven days since the last podcast. And so, you know, this week I just realized um, that some of the things that I can do and others can't. And then there's things that I can't do that I see others doing. And and I just realized that I, I guess I started to get really like introspective about life and people. And, you know, I've always talked about the fact that you don't know battles that people are going through. For me, mine looks like a visual battle. And I would say 90% of the time, I don't even realize I'm an amputee anymore because it it doesn't cause me stress or or frustrations. There are times it does, but because mine's so visual, people think, oh, poor girl, look at her, she's disabled. And I would never consider myself disabled at all. And, you know, it's funny because people will say differently abled. Yeah, I guess that's, that's what it is. Um, I can still do all the things that I want to do, and I can try the things that maybe I still struggle with, but I try. But there are a lot of people out there that are going through other things that we don't see. And I've always said, you know, be kind. You don't know what battle each person is dealing with. And for me, I know I can have an amazing day. I can go to the gym. I can work out. I can feel great. And I can go the next day and I'm barely getting myself there. I'm putting on a brave face. I'm very good at masking pain and stress, um, with a smile and a lot of talking. Um, but sometimes you don't even know what I'm going through. Um, even though it sounds like everything's great. Now I'll tell you right now, everything's great. 
I do have a little problem with my socket, but that's not something that um, I'm worried about because it's something that we can fix. But I thought I started thinking about this and it was really interesting to me because I realized for every amputee out there, we all have our own story and we've all been through something, something big enough to alter our physical uh, being and change what we were born with, right? Whether you are um, a vet and you have some serious issues for what you went through, what you saw when you were fighting for our freedom, uh, whether you were a victim of a motorcycle or a car accident and you are getting through that, or even for people like me where we've had trauma to a body part and we've tried to heal and it wouldn't heal. And so we elected to um, take it off. And of course, there's a, a gamut of other things, whether it's disease because of cancer or diabetes, that people lose a limb. Some people are born with it. So the trauma isn't the same because that's all they've known all their life. But I'm talking to people that have lost something along the way. And I'll have to say that when people want to know and they come up to me like, how are you doing what you're doing and everything? Well, one, it's a choice. But two, I had to be right with myself on the inside first before I could do the physical outside of me. Um, so does that make sense? Like, there's no way if you are going to sit back and you're going to complain about the hand that was dealt to you, or you're going to be anxious or upset about some of the little things that are going on. And yes, some of you will have to go through that because that's part of the process. So let me backtrack and talk about like mine. What I was told with um, doing an elected amputation was that I was going to have to come to grips with the reality that it will feel like I've lost a close friend relative to death by losing my leg, waking up to it being gone. I will go through the grieving processes that people go through when they lose someone close to them. And it didn't make sense to me, but, you know, I went along with it. I felt like I did a lot of my grieving actually beforehand, um, but maybe it wasn't necessarily grieving as much as it was anxiety and stress. Um, never depression, because I, like I said, I, I had five years of buildup of bad surgery, bad surgery, bad surgery, bad surgery, or I should say bad outcome, bad outcome, bad outcome, that, um, you know, I, I actually got to build up kind of an immunity of what was happening in my life. And it was kind of like, almost like a slow drowning, but I was keeping my head above water enough to function and function as best as I could so that my family could function, right? Because I had other things. It wasn't just me and I was living on my own. I mean, I had to be a mom, a housewife, a, um, I was the homeschool mom, so I was their teacher and then, you know, chauffeur and yada, yada, yada. And so I know that there was a lot that I had to go through from the September when I um, booked my surgery to the December of when the surgery happened, there was a lot of process going on for me to get through the mental game of what was going to happen. For some of you, 
If you have cancer or diabetes, it comes a little quicker than probably those couple months, but it's also something you've been dealing with because you were dealing with another medical issue that led you to that. And you might actually be relieved because it's now gone, the issue is gone, and you are now able to try to rise above, right? Those of you that have lost it because of trauma quickly, you have a totally different game that you're dealing with. And that is coming to the realization of where you're at. You had no choice in the matter. It was stripped from you. And now you have to accept. The hard part is the acceptance, right? You might hold on to anger or frustration or, um, you know, hate of the person that, that took that from you. And you have to then come to terms with that for yourself. You know, we've been told all our lives, you know, when you hold on a grudge or you hold on to anger about something that someone's done to you, you're not punishing them, you're punishing yourself. And so I would charge each of you that are dealing with that to start trying to figure out how to move beyond that. Ask yourself, is this how I want to live the rest of my life? Or do I want to rise up and accomplish things and do things and be somebody that can conquer and, and, and live a good life? So you're not going to get healthy physically if you're not healthy internally. And so, you know, I've come to that realization that, you know, people are like, gosh, you know, I could never do that. Well, you could. But if your mental game is not on point and you haven't accepted where you're at in this part of your life, in this part of the journey, and you are throwing in the towel, so to speak, um, yeah, you're right. You're going to struggle with feeling happy or being active. And, you know, those, I, I truly believe all of this comes together. The mental, the emotional, and physical all play together. You don't have one doing well and the others not well or, you know, vice versa, when you get, and it's, I think it's more like the chicken or the egg, right? Because sometimes we go to the gym when we feel really horrible, you know, maybe you're emotional about something or you're just struggling with some stress or anxiety. You go to the gym and you feel better, right? So you started off internally, not great. Something physical created something positive and then your endorphins kind of kicked in and now you, you feel better, You've got a clearer head and a clearer mind, and, and all of a sudden, things feel right in the world. And, you know, along those lines, I do want to tell you guys about something really quick, um, if, you, if you would allow me this. Um, if you are watching this on YouTube, um, I have this new product here. Um, I'm, I've tried to get away from caffeine, sometimes not so, so well. I was doing really, really good with my Starbucks problem until pumpkin season hit. And then it was a downward slippery slope for me. And so a lot of times I will go and do my things in the morning. I start with horses in the morning and working groundwork with them. And then I come home, change and go to the gym. And then I usually will say, well, you know, I've done all that. I get to treat myself. And so, yeah, that's my little reward system for me, a little carrot in front of my, my face. But this new company that I am loving, I have to tell you, just loving, is called Magic Mind. And these, it's, these energy shots is what they are, all natural ingredients. And, you know, I mean, you can see, I don't know if you can see it, but for those of you listening, it is, it's green. It kind of looks like a spinach drink, but it's the matcha that's in it. And um, 
you know, you chill it, you drink it, and you can add it to your morning coffee. So if you are a caffeine addict and you get the shakes or you get those those plummets during the day, this is the thing for you. And if you aren't a caffeine person, but you are looking for a little bit more peace and quiet and calm within you, this is also something that you want to give it a try. Um, I have taken it. I have I took it before and I'm on day two of taking it. And it's kind of one of those things that kind of builds. The more you take it, the more you start feeling the effects of just being calm and very clear. But, you know, things like there's vitamin C in here. Um, and I'm going to say some of these wrong, but um, there's ashwagandha and honey and turmeric and matcha and you know, some vitamins. And, you know, there's a board of doctors that have put this together. Again, it's called Magic Mind, and I, I would love for you to try it if you get a chance to. I do have a coupon code that is BU14, B-E-Y-O-U-14. So if you want to give them a try, I will also put that in my um, my write-up and everything for the podcast. But I, I bring this up just because, you know, if we're going to work on the health from the inside out, sometimes we need that clarity and that calm, and you might be masking some of your issues, and I know I've done it in the past where my addiction became the caffeine because it was my treat to myself and it was a nice reward and it was my time and it was, but it was draining me money wise. And then it was never like enough. Then it was like, can you add an extra shot? Can you do this? You know, and then if I didn't have it, you know, I might have the headaches or just, you know, feeling like there's a fog. And I just wasn't really feeling clear. And then sometimes I would just lose my motivation. So anyways, moving on, I just really, really think that when we come to terms with our emotional self and our where our mental game is, you know, I, I, I always preach to you guys about what you speak to yourself becomes truth. Our brain will believe whatever you want to tell it. So if you are telling your brain, I'm stuck, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm you know worthless, I'm whatever. You, you know what? You're that's that's what you are. You are what you speak. You know they say you are what you eat. Well, you also are what you speak. And if you speak kind words to yourself, you will find that you will rise up and you will, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with good positive self-talk. And even if it's just in your mind and a mind game you play with yourself, you know, that's, that's what you, you've got to do. But, you know, we, we need to, for us to go through and heal. And we all know if you've been through any kind of surgery at all, or any kind of illness at all, you know, even if you've gotten the flu, you know how much that kicks your butt, right? You can be laid out for a week with the flu, and then it'll take you two to three weeks to physically get back to your great game or even your mental fog might still be there and you're not really feeling your best. We all know physically it takes time to heal. You break a bone, you go in a cast, four, six, eight weeks, then you, you get the cast off and you're better. But then there's still other things that need to be looked after, the ligaments and the tendons and the muscles that may be atrophied during that time. We know that there's a healing, a physical healing period for any injury or illness. You know, when it comes to it, it, what's incredible, and I will tell you, I'm lucky enough that I had really good doctor and really good prosthetists 
that forewarned me the reality of healing. So after an amputation, you have staples and you're wrapped up and you have a shrink wrap on, which basically sounds like what it is. It's a compression sleeve that helps push out the swelling from the surgery. Okay. You know, if you have like a knee surgery, you raise your, uh, elevate your leg, right. And you ice it and that takes the swelling down. But when you don't have anything else left there, you kind of have to compress the fluids from the swelling and, and flush them out of your system. Especially if you're walking around on crutches and everything's just flooding to the end of that limb where it's trying to heal you. So you go through that phase, right? For me, you know, maybe it was like, uh, I would say seven weeks after surgery, I went in for my appointment to hopefully get the staples out. They looked at it. There was one section that really didn't want to heal great. And they said, let's just give you a couple more weeks, which is the worst thing you could possibly hear. But in the scheme of life, a couple more weeks to make sure it doesn't bust open and you don't get an infection, things like that, which then can take you out of the game for months. So I obliged and then came back. We took the staples out. And then it was time to get fitted for my first socket. And um, I'll have to share with you the picture of my sockets. I actually put all my sockets for the last three years on the floor from first to latest and sat next to it. So you can see how many I've had. Because what ends up happening and what you may not know, if you are a new amputee, you are thinking you might be an amputee soon, or if you know someone that is on the cusp of that, you might want to just let them know patience is going to be their biggest ally because you are not going to amputate, heal from the surgery, and then jump into a prosthetic and go running. <laughs> just, it is not going to happen. No matter how good you are, you will go through fitting, refitting, things not fitting. You lose. Um, you lose the swelling more and more and more. At the same time, you're atrophying. Your muscles are deteriorating. They're becoming smaller, which then makes any socket that was once, you know, this big to something smaller. And, you know, if a socket is too big on you, it's going to fall off. And there's ways to combat that for the first year with, um, different plied socks that you can put on your residual limb before you put your, your socket on. But then that only works for so long and then you feel like it's falling off all the time. And so to be honest with you, the socket I am in right now, and I, I guess it was, it's been three and a half years since I got my first socket, which was March of 2019. And I am now in a socket that I believe is the right fit for me for the long term. It's taken three years, three and a half years to get, to stop changing. And, and you know, for me, because I, I wasn't an automatic thing that happened, I gained a lot of weight over the years of all my surgeries and being laid up in bed and not being active at all, that um, not only was I my swelling was going down and I was atrophying. I was also losing weight. So I lost like 55 pounds. I was atrophying and then the swelling was finally subsiding. But between those trifectas, it took, I was going through sockets 
you know, like they were t-shirts. Like it was just like, I felt like we were every six, every four to four to five months, I was going through another socket. And that's hard because every time a new socket goes on, you go through the growing pains of it, rubbing here, rashing there, not fitting well there, pressing on the wrong kind of nerve there. I mean, it's just, it's a game. And you have to know that inside before you jump into this game. So when people think that they've got it bad, like I did, and you, you're getting a chance to elect to amputate, just know it doesn't just get better overnight, and it brings with it its own set of issues. So what you can do, and what everyone is the same on, is that healing from the inside while you're healing physically is the best thing you can be doing for yourself in the meantime. You need to start coming to grips with it. And really, a lot of that comes with, like I said, positive self-talk, but also with making a game plan. You know, um, this is the time to dream. And last week, I talked about dreaming. And you're never too old to dream. You know, I, I started surfing after my amputation, and I was 50. You know, I, oh, okay, I was 49. But, you know, maybe I was thinking that, wow, my kids are almost in college at this time. And, you know, I'm kind of on the downward slippery slope of age. But no, you know, I'm just starting to feel like, wow, I can actually be anything I want now. I can do anything I want. I've proven to myself that with the right mindset, with the right outlook, that this socket, this leg missing here and, and, and the prosthetic being there doesn't say, nope, sorry, you can't do that. It says, what are the possibilities? What can I do? And what are you willing to try for? And I will tell you right now that if you find something that you want to try for the first time or to get back to after your illness, your medical condition, your amputation, all you have to do is find that one thing that will trigger a, a joy in your heart give it a try. Yes, you may fall, you may fail, but that doesn't mean it's over. You just keep trying, you get yourself back up and you try again, you get yourself back up, you try again, and you, until you feel satisfied with what you're doing. Like I said last week, I wanted to ski again. No, it will never look exactly the same as before. I do not have two legs and I will not ski with this prosthetic on because being an above knee, I have very little control over the rest of my leg. Everything comes from my hip. That's where my strength is. And so I have chosen to ski with one ski and outriggers, which are little skis on the end of the ski poles. And that helps me keep my balance. It's not exactly, but you know what? What's important is that I get to go back on the slopes with my family and do the things that my husband and I wanted to do when he retired. And that was ski together. He's the one that taught me how to ski when I was just 17 years old. And that was always our dream that when we retired, we were going to just go and ski wherever we wanted to ski. And that was a big driving force for me, right? That was, that was a number one goal when I knew amputation was now the only thing because those years before I didn't get a ski. I couldn't ski. I was in so much pain all the time. And I thought, what if I could ski? And you know what I did? I started to search social media for other amputees. I started Google searching, can above knee amputees um, still ski? How do you ski when you're an amputee? Things like that. And I started noticing that, yeah, it was possible. It, it is possible. 
It just depends on your drive and your determination and how you feel inside. So, but until you address how you feel about what you're going through internally, you can't get past that. You can't get to the physical healing and, and rising up because it's just, it's debilitating. Our, our mental state and our heart can really destroy our physical. You know, how we think, how we talk to ourselves, how we perceive ourselves can really ultimately destroy or, or challenge us to be a better person in the end. And so, you know, I just, I challenge you to, to don't cut yourself down to size here. Don't, don't limit yourself because what's going on inside is very valuable. And I will tell you this, something that is very important and, and has been very important to me. One, who you surround yourself with. If there are naysayers in your circle, please, please, please think about how important that person is in your life. Because if they're the ones telling you, gosh, you can't, you shouldn't, don't, they're not, they're not helping you. I, I mean, I obviously wouldn't tell you to talk to someone that's telling you to jump off a cliff and see if your leg stays on. But, you know, within reason, you need to know who's, who's the positive motivator that's supporting you and who is the poison in, in your life. First, you need to surround yourself with the people that make you feel like you can do anything. And my husband knew right off the bat, this was what I wanted to do. I'm going to ski. And he has helped me every step of the way to make sure we successfully do that. From lessons, one-on-one lessons when I first started doing it, to a birthday present of my own outriggers, to carrying collapsible crutches on the mountain so that when I take my skis off, I can actually get from the icy ski racks to sitting down someplace safe for lunch. You know, there's a lot, lot to be said about who our support system is. And our support system not only does the physical or the financial, but they help us with our emotional state. When they know what we want and where we really want to go, they're the ones cheerleading us on the sidelines and, and letting us know we can do it and picking us up, helping us when we do fall. And that's okay to have someone there that's like that. You need somebody, at least one person that is cheering you on and saying, yes, you can, because inevitably all of us fall short in positive mindset. You know, there have been times where I get really frustrated because I really want to be this or that, or I want to look like this or that. And I realize that maybe I will never get there. And then I have my boohoo moment. And, you know, sometimes if I'm just being really honest with my husband, I'll just be like, you know, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can do this. And he'll be the one that says, you know, it always takes time. Just relax. And when it's ready, when you're ready, you're, you're ready, you're going to do it. I know you will. And you know what? That's, that's the most, the biggest blessing someone can have in their life is to have someone who truly believes in you no matter what you're going through and is willing to sacrifice to be there for you. So I want you to think about this today. For your call to action, I want you to really, really look internally. What is it that you've been saying to yourself? How do you speak to yourself? How do you see yourself? 
Are you a naysayer? Are you down in yourself? Are you frustrated with the way you look? Are you afraid of the way you look? Are you ashamed? Are you disappointed on how far you haven't gotten because everybody else seems to have gotten further already? Keep in mind, comparing is, is, is devil's work. It really is. When we start to compare ourselves to others, we've lost. And I, I am totally right there with you. I have done it. I fall trapped to it. And that is not the way it's supposed to be. And I can say that today to you with a clear mind, because right now, in this moment, I'm not comparing myself. I am me, who I am, and I need to learn to love the person I am and who I've become and what I've accomplished in my lifetime. You know, when you start looking at what you're feeding your your heart in your mind, then you can find the root of what's holding you back physically. So I just, I think your call to action day really needs to be just take stock in the words you're speaking and how you feel. I, I would even, I would even go as far as say, write down your biggest fears, stressors, and anxieties. What are the things you're saying I can't to? Write them down. And then you can do the proverbial, throw that list in the garbage can. You can do uh, light it on fire safely, <laughs> please. We don't need any forest fires. We don't need any house fires. We don't want anybody getting hurt. But you could do that. You could tear it up because it's a real physical event to tear things to shreds and throw it away. Do something to tell yourself no more to start healing yourself from the inside. And I will also tell you this, each one of us heals at our own pace. So it kills me when you see people that are really grieving and you might hear someone say, they're, they're still grieving on this. They're still sad about this. This is It's too much, too long, too far. You might even have friends that have left you because they just can't take it anymore. You know what? You take whatever time it takes for you to get a grip on your emotional self, your mental self, because each one of us has to heal internally and come to terms with our situation before we can move past it. And until you can accept where you're at now, you aren't going to go any further. So it's time to start accepting, but on your terms and your timeline, just don't wallow in it. That's the only thing. If you're not even trying, and you will have good days and you will have bad days, trust me, you're having a day that you're like, I'm on top of the world and everything is great. And then all of a sudden, I know I've been where I've shifted and gone downward slope so fast because all of a sudden I got a really bad rash. I'm trying to get my leg on. It won't fit. I've swelled because I had maybe too much salt the night before because I love my nacho chips. It is a curse. I know. But too much salt, believe it or not, will make my legs swell more, water weight, and not let my socket fit. And then I will feel like, oh, the weight of the world's on me. I can't even get up and get my leg on. This is going to be horrible. And, you know, the drama, it just, it's an up and down emotional road. And you might have a five great days and then all of a sudden feel like you are just mentally exhausted and you can't go any further. That's when you have to look even deeper within yourself to pull your own self out of that so that you can rise up. 
So I'm just going to leave you with that. It is time to, to start moving forward in your own pace and baby steps if you must out of the, the negativity and rise up into some positive and start seeing that when you start changing what's going on and you're healing inside, letting go, forgiving, acceptance, whatever it is that you have to go through, once you start to do that, you're going to start seeing the possibilities of what you will be able to outwardly accomplish in this lifetime. And I would venture to say that the sky is the limit. You can do anything if you are in the right mind and heart space, you're going to be able to do whatever you set your mind to. And you can prove all the naysayers you want wrong. And even the old you that was a naysayer before, you're going to be able to say, look at what I did. You know, so start with the healing on the inside. It is so important that you feel great about yourself, that you're clear, that you're just energized for what's possible. And that's the how you're going to move forward in any, any other venture that you have in your life. So, like I said, I really want to tip on this again next week and move forward. So I hope you'll join me next week when we talk a little bit deeper about healing and a little bit about my journey and what I've gone through. But until then, as always, be healthy, be happy, be healed.